It's Valentine's Day, and dare I say, love is in the air as we enter our 12th draft in the big board again, February 14, 2024. And we are going to draft some rookies today. We're going to draft some players, of course, that are moving around to free agency and some guys that we already know where they're going to end up, where they're going to be in 2024. But I am going to talk about, in particular, a lot of rookies out there that have really bad ADPs, and people are really in the bag for them just because they like the team in college. So we're going to talk about all these guys today, and let's get into it. Let me move myself over to the draft board. Picking in the four hole today uh, is going to be the spot that I have after a lot of picking in the back half of rounds, but we persevere here in the big board and positive vibes is always here on Splash Play after. <laughs> I got to tell you guys, uh, you know, if you watched yesterday's stream, I see the chat here. Chat already lit up here nice and early uh, talking about me going nuclear. Funny as hell, the Blake Corum stuff. Look, man, uh, ultimately what I've realized going through the analytics yesterday being shown to a lot of people right now that are not Splash Play regulars, and I have to adjust my approach in that reason, of course. I'm never going to change who I am. I'm going to believe the things I believe. I'm going to give the takes that I do, landing upon them with the best information that you could possibly have, landing on them with years of ability, doing this research, working with some of the best analytics people at Football Outsiders, and then, frankly, realizing that I knew <laughs> as much, at least about some of the uh, offensive skill position guys, uh, as some of those guys there. So I will do my best to try to balance it out here uh, but fucking somebody yesterday commented on the video and they're not going to comment anymore. Cause I like, I mute people on the channel. I just like, if you're not going to be somebody that I could ever foresee participating positively in what we do here at splash play, I just mute you. So for you guys who aren't muted, congratulations. You're great. Uh, let me make the pick here and I'll give you guys my anecdote. The picks, Justin Jefferson, by the way, um, happy to take Jamar chase, uh, reports again, going around to saying a thing that we already thought was going to be the case that T Higgins likely to get franchise tagged. Uh, by the Bengals. So I would start to assume that's going to be the case in your builds. T Higgins, is it? Is he going to sign the franchise tag? Is he going to try to push back? Is he going to try to hold out, force a trade? Those are question marks that we have. But for right now, I think the best information would be that T Higgins likely to come back. So if you're drafting him in the hopes that he goes somewhere else, finally becomes a wide receiver one, I would not be a thing to do that. But yeah, basically somebody comments in the video yesterday. And again, I could tell that this must be somebody who's much older. It also doesn't realize that like I'm a 39 year old man. And they're like, somebody should wash your mouth out with soap. Like, I know we've made jokes about getting some of the boomers that come in here, some of the uh, the, ne the negative Nancy kind of uh, patois that people are throwing out at me, the phraseologies of, of older white men that you can tell in a chat. But uh, <laughs> wash my mouth out with soap. I, I'm a not even the most profane person, I'm sure, on the internet, but I think uh, I haven't heard that one heard in a while. And I can't imagine saying that to another grown man. <laughs> So I just different audiences coming into splash play. And uh, if you're here live, if you're a regular in the squirt squad. If you're somebody that knows what the squirt squad is, and is a regular in chat uh, or in the comments. Uh, you're in my good graces for all the new people. I don't know, man. <laughs> you got to earn your way in. At some point, though, when you do see when you end up seeing splash play, every stream is premium. You're going to know that I've just given up. I'm just like, I'm not going to try to cater to new people. You can't wash my mouth out with soap. <laughs> you, you old fuck. <laughs> Take your fucking old balls, put them in your asshole. Give yourself a dog in a bathtub, you f <laughs> oh, fucking man. I curse. I curse. The boys are ready. The boys are ready. Look, it's Valentine's Day. How could he not be ready? Love is in the air. Puka Nakua, Garrett Wilson, Nico Collins. Again, no rookies have gone yet that I would say are gross. Uh, maybe one coming up in my eventual spot that could be perceived as a rookie that uh, too high of an ADP. Marvin Harrison, the one that I'm thinking of here. Uh, Harrison, I guess, is the one rookie in these first two rounds that you could say, hey, he's going there. He's the only rookie that's going in that range. Uh, but he's also the only guy where you really look at him and you go, okay, like, are there real question marks about Marvin Harrison? And I tend to think, no, Marvin Harrison goes to 17. 
I think it is ADP. You know, if you really want to kind of start to not just beat up on Blake Corum, who we can all universally agree, worst ADP, only idiots tout him. I think we're all on the same page there. Uh, for for the other players, though, like the rookies are at their ADPs. They're all really frothy this year. Like Marvin Harrison is really frothy. I still think he has the ability to pay it off. But you see Diggs here. Uh, Diggs now up to 20. You know, uh, well, we'll make our pick. Rasheed Rice on the board, the guy that I think is not a, obviously not a rookie, but one of the most universally, to me, overvalued guys. Brandon Ayuk, potential chance to move teams this year. His brother posted that on social media, as we talked about. Uh, Debo, not a guy I'm dying for either. Josh Allen, not a guy I'm going to get. Brandon Ayuk, I think, is going to be my pick. Rasheed Rice, the low A dot, not a thing that does a lot for me. Really, the big thing for Rasheed Rice, though, that I have concerns about is that somebody else comes in, upsets that target share. If he's not, you know, making the year one to year two leap while keeping that same target share or hopefully improving on it, I just don't see how Rasheed Rice pays off this price tag. And that is one that I, I don't want to full fade him again. If you want to get exposure to guys, you got to take my ADP. We always say that here. And I think Rasheed Rice, perfectly fine player who did perfectly well this year. But in terms of the guys going around him, like I'd rather take a flyer on Harrison, I think, and him coming in and being Justin Jefferson from day one. Um, that's sort of how I feel about that. Why does my why does the TV always give up on me? I want my fucking Blake Corum thumbnail to point at and mock <laughs> throughout the course of the video. For some reason, I switched over to Fios, and now my internet connection for the TV is constantly getting rid of my thumbnails. Uh, streamer problems for sure. All right, whatever. Uh, Blake Corum, the new Mighty Mouse. Yeah, similarly good at running back as well. Uh, we'll talk about him when we get to his ADP. Right now, I'm keeping an eye out for all the rookies coming up ADP and going to talk about them as we go. The point being for Marvin Harrison, I think, look, you make the claim here, a rookie paying off the price tag that he would have to pay off. Very rare thing to see for sure. But I would say for Harrison, I think there's a shot. I think there's hope. He's very likely to come in and be a wide receiver one for whatever team is going to draft him because the capital they're going to have to use to get him like basically necessitates that. The question then becomes, does he go to an offense where like, it's got real juice, and, and that's the part where I'd say some risk on Harrison, but I'd still be willing to take him. So Debo Pittman here, I guess we got to build Niner stuff. If Niner stuff's going to look you in the face along with Justin Jefferson, I'm not going to pass that up. Uh, let's add Debo into the mix here. Again, not the biggest fan, but really just have to take guys where they are and try to take guys that are not going to be your favorite players always, even though obviously I'd always like to get my favorite guys, rookies in particular, but it is what it is. You know, for Harrison, I guess really the concern is that I don't like the talent concern. Everything I've looked at, you know, numerically from the last two years, he's great at every level, you know, plus EPA receiver, 10 to 20 air yards, under 10 air yards, over 20 air yards. Um, like he's great. He avoids tackles, maybe not the best, but Quentin Johnson did that really well. And that didn't matter for his outlay in terms of his rookie year. So for Marvin Harrison, I think that he is unfortunately fairly appropriately priced in terms of what I expect the single game ceiling to be. Uh, but just, you know, it's frothy. It's all frothy for these guys. Good start, says Ben. Yes, a good start. You know, if you are going to assume that the Niners, you know, are going to keep going the right direction. I've, I've read enough articles this week talking about the Niners championship window. Some generalized concerns for them about um, just not being able to do it one more year. Guys are getting older. Kittle's getting objectively pretty old. The offensive line, pretty old and might have some guys that I think they're going to have to potentially cut. Cap is also really bad for the Niners, too. So um, that's the risk point for the Niners. But obviously, you expect them to be a contender um, with how good they played in the back half of last year. Playoffs maybe showed some warts for Brock Purdy. A lot of interceptable balls that he left uh, on the table there that just weren't intercepted. Uh, but I think for them, you know, I, I'm, I'm comfortable taking this buy-in on the Niners, especially if you're going to be able to get Debo in the third round. Debo in the second round, I just, I don't love it. Classic piss boy, love the start. Thank you, I appreciate that. 
Does God hear his specs crush anybody yet? No, I just, you know, can't even get my thumbnail up on the screen. So I can't, I'm failing at everything I'm trying to do. But no, I'm I'm in positive spirits. Again, it's Valentine's Day. I, Valentine's Day is for lovers, as we always say here on Splash Play. <laughs> and only on Splash Play. It's the only show that's ever once said that. Thumbnail coming back. Thumbnail back. Here we go. Blake Corum looking over his shoulder. Here's the thing about Blake Corum, too. I hate his hair. Like, I just don't, like, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> and I know, granted, look, I'm now permanently going to be skewed against Blake Corum. <laughs> I get it. Um, but I really do think that Blake Corum is uh, a player that has hair that I don't like. <laughs> and also, just again, um, one thing on an analogy, which I was going to save until we actually get to Blake Corum's part in ADP, which will come up at some point here. Um, I would say for Blake Corum, and it's something I've thought about with running backs for a while, Running backs are like Nepo babies. And I don't think I've actually made this analogy on stream uh, before, but I do think for them, it's like, you know, Nepo babies, a lot of spots where running backs get great volume. It's like the same thing for a Nepo baby where they grow up and it's like, yeah, you're the child of, I don't know, of fucking JJ Abrams and you get a lot of opportunities in Hollywood. And yeah, that's it. Like that's what a running back getting five goal line touches is a game. That's what a running back getting fed 20 plus touches a game is. But then it's what do you do with that? Like, are you a Netbo baby that then has a lot of talent and then does some really interesting projects and doesn't just get cast because your dad's in the movie? Or are you like the rock's daughter and you just get put in WWE and you're a general manager because your, your dad is like a very important person to the company and you can't act and you can't do anything. Um, I think that's where to me, I have some questions. So. Uh, but we'll talk more about Netbo Babies in a moment here. Travis Kelsey is going to be my pick. Again, think he's a little bit undervalued. I uh, think he will come up more reliably to the front end of the fourth round, if not the third round safely now that people know that he's coming back. Uh, but I think at this point to me, wide receivers, I'm okay taking Amari Cooper again. Uh, Zay Flowers, domestic violence issue, not a great sign, but probably doesn't have a legal impact for him this year. Um but I'd say for Kelsey, to me, I think he's just appropriately priced. And, and still, the ceiling is going to be there for him week to week. I just would kind of expect it to be a similar situation to last year where they probably don't put the full pedal to the metal. And especially if they have like a stud wide receiver coming in outside, like that's going to hurt Travis Kelsey's outlay. All right, Zay Flowers goes, CJ Stroud goes, Mahomes goes as well. So we'll not be getting him for cheapsies on the way back. You know what? Like, it's just this kind of day. It's Valentine's Day. We got to find our loves. And yeah, I could take a Jaden Reed. I think that would work and make kind of an interesting team here. But what's a good way to beat Brock Purdy stacks? Anthony Richardson, the love of my life. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. The jersey's back. Ladies and gentlemen. I say ladies and we know. Gentlemen and gentlemen. Let's get this thing on. Mm, nothing like bringing in my boy AR on a day of love. Don't forget, buddy. I still love you. Doesn't matter that you got hurt after four games. Doesn't matter that you're way too overpriced right now. Though CJ Stroud's going at 49, I suppose appropriately priced. Uh, but no, we are going AR here. Love of my life. And I snipe vaporware. Sorry, you better hope that Michael Pittman moves in free agency. <laughs> if you didn't want Anthony Richardson to go to me on Valentine's Day, don't let him go <laughs> before the turn. You got to take him at 44. There we go. Sorry, vaporware, though. I apologize, but it's Valentine's Day. Just want to get Anthony Richardson. Want to grab him by his cheeks and go mwah, 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 mwah. give you big kisses. No Odunze. Tyler knows. Let's get our guy AR. What do you think about more skinny stacks and fewer team onslaughts? Um, so team onslaughts are good for teams where there's a consolidated target tree. Like for the Niners, I still think an onslaught makes sense because you know uh, it's going to. I mean, well, I guess we could assume that Kittle going to be a little bit older, so maybe maybe dial him down a little bit. But the ball's going to be going to Kittle, going to Ayuk, going to Debo, going to Christian McCaffrey. So you know that pretty well. So if the Niners have a good year, like they're going to kind of trade ping pong off 
those kind of days. I do think with where IU can Devo or Price this year, obviously McCaffrey as well at the 101, kind of think that that has a little bit less appeal because you're not getting these guys cheap. So I would say for onslaughts now, you're probably looking for teams where it's like that Niners situation, but they're on the upswing. So who can have a consolidated offense that's cheap right now? And, you know, that's going to be teams are taking on some warts where you're taking on Daniel Jones coming off the ACL, a shot to play. And actually a very good article that I would encourage you guys to read. Our guy, Sam Sherman, uh, over at Establish the Run, a very good article working with one of those, uh, one, one of the trainer guys who does a lot of social media content, but going through all the various injuries and guys expected timelines and all of that. And they did feel like in that article that Daniel Jones is a pretty good shot to be playing week one. So I think if you're getting an, if you're going to take an onslaught of the Giants, and again, this is like a theoretical thing. I'm not touting the Giants right now, even though I think they are cheap and very reasonable to get to. Um, if you then get that right, where the Giants end up being a team that emerges, let's say the Eagles get bad next year, the Cowboys losing Dan Quinn, it fucks them up. The Giants take a leap forward, end up being a team that's probably not the Niners, but maybe adjacent to that in some way. Um, then you're getting that entire onslaught for basically free, uh, where you could then trade off, you know, uh, I guess besides Saquon, if we assume Saquon comes back, but pretty good shot. He doesn't come back. So you're getting Daniel Jones with Wandale with, I don't know, with Jalen Hyatt. Like you're getting a lot of guys in the con consolidated target tree. I think that's something that makes sense to a lesser extent. Pittsburgh can Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Najee for free. Uh, Jalen Warren. Can those four guys consolidate the offense? Maybe for if you want to throw it in. Uh, but I think that's where the onslaughts have a little bit more appeal. It's just like guys who are, or teams rather that are like cheap. Uh, but, you know, for the known quantity teams like the Niners, it's like you have to pay a premium for the onslaught. Anyway, <laughs> what do you mean watching Splash Play together wasn't the gift you wanted for Valentine's Day? Look, if if you're with a woman that doesn't want to watch Splash Play, then I, well, I guess you're just with a woman then. <laughs> I'll see how that goes. I mean, Kittle's falling here. He doesn't make sense for the seam at all. Um, Really getting bled out at wide receiver for the umpteenth time here. Umpteenth time. Jesus Christ. Tough phrase for me to say. Uh, Kittle not cheap enough to take him at this point, I don't think. Kind of thinking that Tajay makes sense. Hopkins could also make sense. Do you think Hopkins is in line for a resurgence this year? I'm going to reach for Hopkins because this avalanche in rooms lately at wide receiver has been really bad for me. We took two deviations here in the first five rounds, which I will say you really feel the pain of taking two deviations from wide receiver in the first five rounds more than ever this year. Uh, I really, but if you want to get guys that you like, like I, I like AR, it's Valentine's Day. I had to get them today, but like really hurts a little bit, I think, to have those those two rounds of not getting receivers early on. Aaron Jones is fine. Aaron Jones is fine. Slash play brunch. Look, I mean, I, I can tell you guys that I've, I would say, I don't think I've, well, that, this is a pretty revealing statement to make. <clears throat> also, we passed a rookie that I'd like to talk about too, but I would say that for me, um, I've definitely had weird things on in the background while jerking off. I don't know. I guess for, you know, the, I've had like TV on in the background. There's one point I remember <laughs> where I hooked up with somebody and then we, Louis CK was on in the background, which double canceled now in hindsight. <laughs> but I feel like there's yeah weird things on in the background. So I think Splash Play, it's possible that we've been on for somebody. Probably not the focus of their their intimacy, but for Valentine's Day, who knows? I'll do some sexy ASMR if we need to. It'll be Splash Plays and Squirts tonight, that's for sure. I can only hope. I can only hope that everybody's forcing their significant other to listen to this uh, esoteric <laughs> fantasy football show that does not want to grow because <laughs> I don't want to deal with new people. All right, coming up here, running backs on a run. Love Tajay at his price. Also for Brock Bowers, kind of think the same thing for Marvin Harrison Jr. A little bit overpriced, but still you're paying for the upside. Brian Thomas, more questions about him for me, but still fine play to get to. Um, 
okay pockets take a running back Ramondre that I've taken enough of. I've actually not gotten a lot of Christian Watson so far this year. So I'm going to go to Christian Watson here. Team so far, AR, QB, unstacked. Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Watson, and then Travis Kelsey at tight end. I like the team. I have to get Purdy, obviously, but we're going to hopefully not go on a run of QB before I pick next. Would like to get Purdy in this build. I don't know. Wow, hot take. Brian Thomas could be like a LaCron treadball to me. So the one risk for Brian Thomas is that uh, he didn't earn targets a high enough rate. And this is something our guy, Adam, who's been in the chat a little bit more recently, our, our Lad McConkey fan amongst us, where he defends Lad McConkey because he's like, oh, like Lad McConkey didn't earn a lot of targets because Brock Bowers is there. And I kind of fundamentally think if you're a guy who's like of real talent, you're going to earn targets closer to the star player, like Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas. Malik Neighbors earn targets at a very high clip. I'll pull up the numbers here just because I'm not, don't want to talk fully out of my ass for this one. I know it's over 30%. Yeah, Malik Neighbors, 31% target per out run rate. And then Brian Thomas, a 23% target per out run rate, which would be the lowest of everybody in the class besides Adonai Mitchell. So Brian Thomas really didn't earn targets well. The critique that you would have, or I guess the, the upside for him would be if you're going to grade him out, is that he didn't earn targets because he was with possibly one of the best receivers in college who might possibly be one of the best receivers in the NFL and Malik Neighbors when he gets there. Um, so I think that's where you could sort of give Brian Thomas some cover, but I think it's a legitimate question. Like if Brian Thomas is good, I think his target share should be 28. Malik neighbors should be 29 or 30. Um, it should be flatter, I think. So that's how I feel about it. Uh, you know, based off of some of the stuff I've looked at in the past, but you know, like he's good and he was, he was great downfield, but that's the thing too, where it's like, was he great downfield? Cause they're paying so much attention to the neighbors underneath knowing that neighbors could break a touchdown at any moment. I think that's kind of the case. So for Thomas, like if he, again, if he, this is going to be the case for anybody, if he tests well at the combine, he's got elite athletics. If the RAS score looks good, then I think you're feeling a little bit better about it. But if not, you know, it's just, was he good? Just because Malik neighbors, the gravity of Malik neighbors sucks and everything else. I think that's the question mark. So that's the Brian Thomas breakdown. Um, I would say probably a little bit overpriced for Brian Thomas, honestly. Like I think we've talked about our guy, Troy Franklin, a lot. I think Troy Franklin going for a little bit cheaper than him doesn't make the most sense to me. Uh, Thomas maybe gets slightly higher draft capital because he's expected to be a bigger guy, uh, more full-bodied kind of a full-bodied wine at receiver is Brian Thomas. Um, but I think that's where, you know, just a little bit overvalued to me. Uh, let's see. May uh, shout out to Bindles here. Appreciate Bindles for Super Chat. May you all be splashing and playing tonight on the wonderful Valentine's Day. That sounds that sounds gross. I don't I don't want splashing in my situation. Uh, vaporware threatening to snipe Purdy in the chat. Do what you got to do, bud. Follow your heart. I'm probably putting him around the corner anyway. Because <laughs> I need a running back, really. Um, I guess I could just take Purdy and lock it up. It's probably the most valuable player for us right now. But I could try to get Purdy at an even more of a discount. <laughs> Selfishly. Uh, lock up the stack. I don't have a big lean at running back here, and I don't think one makes particular more sense for me. So I'll be nice, and I'll just take Purdy here. Two QB build, AR and Brock Purdy. We got one more pick coming around the bend. So yeah, for Brock Bowers, again, same thing as MHJ to me. And I guess to say, honestly, Malik Neighbors, like you're paying appropriate price for these guys, knowing the ceiling should be there. I think all of them I'm comfortable with. The one that we passed that I feel the least comfortable with, and you guys know this if you watch Splash Play regularly, if you're new here, and I'm going to try to be welcoming of that. Um, Romo Dunze to me is the one that I have the most question marks with out of the guys that we've passed so far. 
I just think that, you know, we talked about it being a positive for Seattle. The fact they're bringing over Washington's offensive coordinator to be their offensive coordinator. Last year, Washington in college, uh, the UW Washington, not the commanders, forced the ball downfield at a really aggressive rate. That's obviously going to be a little bit of Michael Penix. Uh, Penix himself, though, was not the most efficient. So I kind of think that that is more on the, the team scheme level where the offensive coordinator saying, hey, let's just keep chucking it and we're going to get the results. So Odunze and Penix both benefited from that. And Odunze, to me, if he's not going to be like an elite athlete, I think that he's a guy that I I think he's appropriately priced for the ceiling. I think all the rookies, for the most part, kind of appropriately priced for the ceiling, but they are just frothy. Like they're frothy for the year-long outlook. And I think uh, kind of a tough thing to balance. Was hoping we get Troy Franklin on the way back to make me fully done at wide receiver, but we are not going to get him once again here. Troy Franklin, my favorite receiver relative to ADP in the class, and he escapes me every time. What are you going to do? What I think of Doonesday's 40 time is, I think closer to a 4.6 than a 4.5. Um, but, you know, like I'm willing to be surprised. If it's a 4.6, I think he's he should fall quite a bit. Um, but we'll see. It's, I just don't see speed. I think I've seen from him. But uh, maybe he's losing a little bit of weight. Maybe he's doing something that'll make him a little bit more spry for that. I don't know. Um, decent spot to take a running back. Javante, eh, I mean, I'm okay with him. Jalen Warren, a little more into though. Some question marks about the workload for sure. Uh, with Arthur Smith coming in, DeAndre Swift, the free agent. I'm actually going to lock up one more receiver here. They're going to go on a running back run. So Josh Downs will be our correlation with AR. Uh, so two zero six one, no running backs at this point, but I think we can get on a good running back run coming up. Uh, AR Brock Purdy, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Watson, Josh Downs, and Travis Kelsey is the team so far with nary a running back. A a real piss boy draft here with no running backs through nine. Same page. How are you navigating Caleb Williams with minus 425 to the Bears, just assuming he goes there? I still have a little bit less certainty with that. I, I think that's the right way to play it if you are going to draft Caleb Williams to try to get him with Bears and to try to get that right. Um, but I would say in general for, for him, like I, I wouldn't get too enthusiastic about trying to nail the bear stack with him just because of the fact that like there is a shot that they could keep fields or they could keep both and you know, wouldn't be the smartest thing in the world. But frankly, the bears have done a lot of things that are not the smartest thing in the world. Um, so I would say, try to you know, try to cover your ass a little bit with that. But I think if you wanted to stack up DJ Moore with Caleb, I think it's logical. Um, I just know that last year, like I assumed some things that I thought Shroud was going to beat out Bryce Young at one point of the big board. So I started drafting Shroud with Panthers and then that didn't happen. Um, actually, that was before the trade. I thought he was going to be in that spot and then the Panthers were going to take him. And then they obviously when they traded up, it was pretty clear they're going to go Bryce Young. But I think there could be some surprises still. So I, I wouldn't lock it in in like every draft. Chop the mitten three. I had to come over to shout you out for all you've done to help my process. Glad to see LED here doing a good job. One of the regulars in the Posit Kingdom, right? I feel like I see you at our chat a lot there whenever I hop in. I need to be more active on there. But honestly, I've been thinking about talking to Pete about figuring out how we can make Splash Play its own Discord because I would like to do that uh, to make it easier to kind of give premium info and stuff out. Uh, but I need to talk to, I need to catch up with Pete in general and try not to bother him while uh, he's in his postseason uh, come down mode. Warren just dropped real quick to say probably cooking with gas. Shout out to our guy, Jason. Again, Jason, one of the guys, one of our first signups uh, to pay for a year. And he's been playing on probably using our data. Check it out for yourself. Probably my sports betting data product, which is honestly doing really well. The content's been crushing lately in terms of the, the picks we're giving out, but also uh, my own bankroll's been doing pretty well. And frankly, a lot better than DFS. And that's how I'm building my bankroll for best ball this year. So check it out for yourself. Tracking data from the winningest sports books around the world to find the true probabilities and then grade out bets off of that. So seven day free trial on the app store. You search probably. And again, Jason is not 
not one of my, you can see uh, Jason was typing and you can see my hands and he's a real human being who has supported splash play for a while and has really done well with it. So uh, check out probably and again, uh, save 50% as well. Seven day free trial in the app store or save 50% at probably.com slash subscribe with that promo code splash splash. What better Valentine's day gift for your significant other than betting data? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't think we have a way to give out gift memberships to us. You'd have to be creative. Did someone say come down? <laughs> Maybe. Doesn't look fast to me, but you think under a four or five. If he doesn't look fast to you, it's not likely he's going to be under a four or five. I think his best case scenario is being high four fours. But, you know, again, we'll see. We'll see. I just, the eyeball test for him, I do not see a burner. Like Troy Franklin, I think Troy Franklin could get to four three range. And, you know, and I think that wouldn't be a surprise at all. Um, neighbors as well. Like he's got like, at least on, you know, on the field, Tyreek speed, I wouldn't be shocked to see him very fast. MHJ, I think will be a little bit on the slower side, but I don't think he gets to the four fives. I think he'll still be four fours. Adunze though. Yeah. I think that's, that's my biggest question mark. And Brian Thomas, I think too, like I, he's gotta be fast. It's possible that he's very fast. Uh, I'm not as sold because I think he's got a better build to be fast uh, than Adunze does. I hate, I hate this like football analysis thing where you're like, ah, oh, his build. I don't like the way <laughs> I like the structure of that, man. Fair enough. Look, if Odunze is going to be a four-four-five, I think fine. But uh, he really was to a lesser extent than Tez Walker. But he was like he was a will player. He was a a player where they forced him the ball really aggressively. Didn't stop forcing the ball. We're going past another rookie here that I don't like, Keon Coleman. Just not one of the ones that I think is going to be the best player. He's young though, so he's got a shot to be better. But that's the the biggest upside for Keon Coleman to me. Need some running backs here. Devin Singletary, good outcome would be coming back to Houston. Another good outcome would be getting overpaid by another team and getting a shot to be there back. But I do think he comes back to Houston. I know there's been some things rumoring uh, Houston go after somebody else like a Saquon. I think that would be an awful move for their team. You want a guy who's going to have some juice left. And then Saquon, you know, just one of the guys we don't believe that. Love the content spags. Another real human. Thank you, Consigliere. I appreciate that. I'm always here trying to point out who's a real human <laughs> and who's not here. But all you guys support the show. Look, I honestly today, like I, because I, I was really, I've been down. Like I've been down with like, I don't like new people coming on to the, the show. And like, you know, like this is my, this is what makes me money right now. Not a lot of money, but like, this is my job. This and probably the two things I'm working out the most. And I really, it bums me out to get shown to new people and then they don't get what they're coming into and like uh, start downvoting and things. And that's not, you know, it's not where I want the channel to be. So we'll keep working on it and we'll keep trying to find a way to make you guys who've been here forever happy and hopefully new people happy too. Uh, Ty Chandler, I think makes some amount of sense here if we're going to make that buy-in on him. Shuba Hubbard, new coaching staff, I think a little bit overvalued for the risk of what that role represents. Ty Chandler, though, I mean, he's no sure thing, but we've got the bet on Jefferson, so we're going to take this bet on Ty Chandler. Uh, team so far, AR and Brock Purdy at QB. Devin Singletary, Ty Chandler at running back. Wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Watson, and Josh Downs. So we're not done at wide receiver, but we're kind of done for now. Travis Kelsey at tight end as well. Uh, but yeah, so like you guys are regulars here. You guys are my favorite people in the world. <laughs> You're the ones who get what I try to do and do it every day. And I, you know, it's just one of those things where I have to do a better job and indoctrinating new people, I guess. But also like, you know, I just, some people that come in, I don't like, like, I don't, I don't like the channels out there. Or if you guys watch other content, and hopefully you do. Um, the people that just like giving their takes out and it's like, oh, you were like my pal, Eric Lindquist. I, I watch his Lindy Locks video for NBA every day. I um, mean, like he gets these fucking comments where it's like, I've been feeding you every day. And like, ha ha ha, all you people, you should be feeding it. Like, uh, fuck it. It's me. Like, it's just not the kind of content I want to do. And I think that's sort of the, the toughest part of all the stuff is like, 
you obviously you want to grow to a certain amount. You want to do that. And I got to find a way to balance it for the thing that brings me joy. And then the thing that gets new people in. We need inappropriate morning content. Who upgraded WAGs in the off season? I actually did see, uh, I think on Twitter, got fed an article. Yeah, was Twitter, I think, that fed an article of like all the athletes, significant others, and was going through. And I probably spent way too much time reading that one. Because <laughs> it like it teased CJ Stroud's girlfriend. So interesting thing about CJ Stroud, and maybe our guy Mathology uh, can correct me at some point. Um, for CJ Stroud, apparently he's never had a reported girlfriend. And um you know, that got my brain going like, wouldn't it be fun if CJ Stroud were the first gay quarterback and he's like fucking slinging the ball like a madman? I think that'd be a tremendous win. Like, you know, Carl Nassib did a lot of great things, actually did a lot of great things behind the scenes uh, for gay guys playing football. But uh, CJ Stroud were gay. <laughs> he probably just hasn't had a girlfriend he's posted publicly or whatever. But if he were gay, <laughs> drive that ADP up. Honestly, probably knowing some people out there, they drive his ADP down a little. Now, Tyler here. We love you too. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that. Especially the 269 chat uh, here. Show the love for Splash Play, Squirt Squad, and our boy Spags. So thank you. Thank you. Look, again, guys, you guys are the ones I do it for, and I'll keep doing it for you guys every day. Monday to Friday, 11 a.m. if you're new around here. And again, I always will give you guys my takes on whether it be populist takes or not. I will give you guys my takes. And I think we're coming up on a populist take right now. <laughs> More like CJ Strat. Oh, you guys. I'll give you the jokes. I don't think I got to get them out. Good locker room banter here. <laughs> slinging the ball and balls. Now we are on CJ Stroud slinging ball. Need to get Pete off the mountain. Show Splash Base and love this offseason. We need the old lady bit. Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't want to bother him because like he's people have to make their money and people have to do the stuff that they have to do with their run of things. So I, I yeah, love Pete. Miss talking to him on a regular basis. Like a, it's weird. Like when you do content every day or, you know, as regularly as we did, like he became one of the people I talked to the most in the world on a weekly basis. So uh, I miss Pete. Love him very much. But, you know. Schedules are what schedules are. So two rookies here on the board. Jonathan Brooks, I think, getting more to an appropriate value. ACL risk for him. Got to keep him out likely the first month of the season. But if you think he's talented enough to win a role, he could do it. Blake Corum is here. I'm not going to take Blake Corum. I can't do it after yesterday. I'm taking Kendra Miller here. So the reason I don't like Blake Corum in ADP, number one, this is an ADP driven by a lot of Michigan fans. I can tell you too, uh, yesterday's splash play, the most disliked splash play in history. And knowing that I yell at people pretty regularly, kind of think, A, you know, that's because we've had the people who are really weird right now. But also Michigan fans fucking think Blake Corum's a shit. Why do I think Blake Corum is not the shit? Uh, number one, really inefficient running back 0.09 EPA is okay, but he's not like for college for as good as people think he is. It's not that great. It's not as good as Bucky Irving, not as good as Audric Estime. In fact, about half of what those guys did. Um, got to pay attention because I'm coming up on the clock here. Blake Corum though, uh, talk about the Nepo baby analogy. He was a Nepo baby. He got 3.6 rushes inside the red zone per game. Only guy who was higher out of all the guys in the rookie class coming in is Cody Schrader. So, uh, for Blake Corum, he basically got handed a lot of touchdowns. Wasn't that great with them. So I think that's part of the issue I have with them. Uh, again, Bucky Irving, more juice. Bucky Irving, a guy that I'm going to take here as my fourth running back. Bucky Irving, a 34% avoided tackle rate. Blake Corum, a 10% avoided tackle rate, which is lower than everybody in the class uh, besides Austin Jones and Nakia Watson. And Nakia Watson, probably not to get drafted. Austin Jones, the much lesser of USC's running backs. So this is why I, I talk about this stuff here is not because I have like a vendetta against Blake Corum. I actually thought Blake Corum last year, if he had come out, would have been my top graded running back. But he that also sticks in mind for me where 
he was so well graded for me last year. And now he's come down in every aspect. And the other running back looked better. Like visually, the numbers for him look better. Edwards or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, so like that's Blake Corum to me. I think he's really overvalued because he's part of a populist team. Michigan is about as public as a team as you could be. Like them in Ohio State are about as public as could be and guys get driven up as a result. Um, so that's the real reason for Blake Corum here is like he got fed a lot of touchdowns. He was much worse than the same back, the same offense who broke fucking 50 yard touchdowns. And he's just too small. He's too small to have a 10% avoided tackle rate. Um, a 10% avoided tackle rate for comparison in the NFL. That was guys like Joe Mixon last year. And that's in the NFL with a 10% avoided tackle rate. If you can only put up a 10% avoided tackle rate in college and you're small, sustained damage. You're not going to look good in practice. You're not going to show a lot there. So his out now is that he gets good draft capital and that that inertia of that keeps him going. I just don't think he does it, you know, at a measured 5'8", 210. Let's see what he is at the combine. If he's 5'7", and 195, or five, even if he's 200. Um, just not that dude that's being drafted at the correct ADP. Um, don't love Trey Benson either, but I would take Benson ahead of him. I'd take Bucky Irving, as I mentioned. Estime, you guys know I'm in the bag for big Audrey Estime. Our guy Bindles pointed out, uh, Noah, Noah, whatever the fuck his name is, no more parties. <laughs> um, Gen Z uh, version of me, I feel like, is <laughs> it with more with more reach. But um, but yeah, Noah, apparently a big fan of Audrey Estime too. Um, I think the comp for Audrey Estime is, is an in shape, a fit Leonard Fournette, uh, Leonard Fournette who cares about how he looks and how he plays. Um, so those are guys that to me, it's like, these are like real running backs with real merits and Blake Corum is being driven up by being a brand name college. And it's one of my least favorite things for sure. Dude is mid. Yeah, he is. Uh, I mean, but honestly, he's like, he's not bad. It's just like, not bad. Isn't great. And not bad and small is very much not great. Um, and like fucking and his, his stands act like he's Bijan. Obviously he's not going at a Bijan rate, but. Um, like he'll be going after the combine. He'll safely go in the one sixties, one seventies, take your bets on him there. But, um, like, honestly, I'd rather have Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn Lloyd's got more juice, uh, but whatever. We'll find out. Everybody can be right. I just think fundamentally based off what I know, I think I'm going to be more right. Um, Tyler Algier, not a bad pick here. Braylon Allen, another running back. That's just kind of big, but you know what? I still like him more than Blake Corum. <laughs> <laughs> Braylon Allen, what he has going for him is that he's gigantic and fairly nimble for a gigantic guy. You know, Braylon Allen, a very big man, a uh, clock at 6'2", 245. We'll see what he comes in at the combine, but an 18% avoid tackle rate. So I just think like, it's such a bad sign, man. <laughs> like you can't be small and not miss tackles. 10% uh, avoid tackle rate. We're at 18% for Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen's large. Braylon Allen's like almost tight end size. Like, you know, whatever. Lloyd over Corum, Marshawn Lloyd, Paulino's favorite back. <laughs> Big NBA slate never gets the same time. It is a lot of NBA today. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually probably not going to play NBA. I was doing the underdog battle royals. I actually got in the gladiator thing uh, for the week, but I just, I don't want to, I don't know. Got to see what underdog's given me in terms of my, <laughs> my rate for the year before I start going to heavy on NBA. For underdog, at least. Um, all right. I'm focused on betting too. Like I'm just going to make my bankroll off of betting. That's <laughs> how I want to approach this offseason. DFS is hard. Um, Tyler Algier still here. Two, five, six, one. Think he would make sense. Do you need a second tight end at some point? But Jatavian Sanders, I don't know that he's a better player than our, than my boy, Ben Sennett. I won't say our boy. I'm going to take Algier here. Again, a shot with a new coaching staff that he gets a role. I do think it's more likely that Bijan consolidates a lot of that backfield, but you got to take some stabs at both guys. Um, some guys that we passed by, by the way, uh, ETR article that I talked about with Sam Sherman and whoever that pro football doc is. That's not the the guy who calls himself pro football doc. 
I uh, talked about Keaton Mitchell being a guy that probably going to be out the first half of the year, but because of his age should be close to a full recovery. So I don't hate Keaton Mitchell this that much at ADP. And frankly, probably another guy would take over Blake Corum, really. Corman ADP, not great. Like you said, if he goes to mid 15th or 16th, fine pick. If he goes where, like, where Deuce Vaughn got steamed up to last year, I think that's completely fine. Like, he was still an okay running back. It's just like he was an okay running back that got every opportunity to be an okay running back. And, um, you know, I like guys that get that, like, kind of earn that role more so and, like, and show more. And when you have the direct comparison, like, you know, part of the reason I like Roshan last year is a lot of his numbers look similar to Bijan. And both guys ended up being pretty good this year. You know, neither was uh, an outlier performer necessarily relative to their ADPs. Both guys acquitted themselves well doing the same thing in the backfield. For Corum to, like, be worse than the other running back there and another year of getting older, like, it, I don't know. Just a lot of things that I don't love relative to how frothy people are. But I think that's how I feel about everything that you should be doing with best balls. Like, yeah, like I will take Blake Corum. I've taken Blake Corum on stream, but you have to like then balance that out with what you think is the real value of these guys. So you don't take Blake Corum in every draft because you don't believe in him. Um, and I think for guys who do believe in, you try to take a little bit more. <laughs> no lad McConkey C minus draft. Yeah, there you go. Adam, our guy in the bag for big lad McConkey. Uh, Tez Walker, I think appropriately priced. A lot of questions about him. Uh, he and Malachi Corley, in terms of the rookies here, kind of the exact opposite ends of the spectrum. Malachi Corley, very low ADOT guy who commanded targets at a pretty high rate. Uh, Malachi Corley, where is he at? I'm on, I'm on running backs. Yeah, Corley, 35% target route run rate, but only a 5.7 ADOT. Uh, by comparison, Tez Walker, where are you at, Devontez? Tez Walker, a very low target route run rate, 25%, but 18 intended air yards per target. So those two guys, exact opposite thing. I think that Tez Walker, my concern about him is that he was really propped up by Drake May being a very willing, very aggressive downfield thrower. For Malachi Corley, the hope is that he becomes Wandale Robinson in the pros. Uh, positive senior bowl reviews. I don't think he's got the most juice in the world. Um, what was his avoided tackle rate? Yeah, it's 19% avoided tackle rate for a guy that's getting a lot of low A dot throws, going to basically be getting kind of running back targets. I think is not the best. Uh, if he gets draft capital, he'll be a more interesting player. I think he's appropriately priced right now. And Tez Walker, I think Tez Walker should be ahead of Roman Wilson. I think Roman Wilson is one of those guys that's me at ADP. Just a little bit overvalued too because of the good senior bowl. And we've talked about that a lot. The recency bias of guys, any news item that's positive about them, they all get steamed up. All right, we got QBs on the board. Another tight end. You know, we do have this bet on Tennessee. I, well, let's see. I'm going to take, well, uh, well, I'm going to take Oconquo here and I might take Will Levis. I'm not sure that I have to do that at this point, but if we have Chig, we have Hopkins. I think Levis on the wrap wouldn't be the worst thing in the world and gets to a three, six, six, two, maybe a three, six, six, three, and then have a few more luxury spots. I think it's pretty good. Tez is undervalued based on draft capital. Tez is undervalued based on assumed draft capital, which I don't, I wouldn't lock him in for that being the case. I think that teams, when they start to pawn him a little bit, will see that like, again, if he's a freak athlete, this is going to be true of anybody here. Well, guys, we talk about if they're a freak athlete, at the combine, it changes the equation completely for him. But assuming that he's not a freak athlete, um, I think that he'll be a guy that you look at the numbers and you dig into the advanced analytics and these staff start to wrap their heads around it. And they're going to go, they're going to separate it out because he just was, he had the most air yards in football last year, like, uh, or at least out of all the guys in the draft class. So uh, for him to be as kind of mid as he was getting that opportunity, whereas like Marvin Harrison got a lot less, you know, uh, neighbors got a lot less, even though Dunze got less. 
Um, all right. Levis is still here. I think this is a good pick. I will Levis willing to buy in on the shot that Brian Callahan uh, can get him in the right pathway to things. Uh, can he be Joe Burrow? Probably not, but can he be a better version of Will Levis? I think this is a good coordinator to get him there. So willing to take Callahan here and hope that good run game that we expect in Tennessee once again with the Callahan boys. Uh, of course, his dad, Bill Callahan, that I'm uh, very familiar with because one of my closest friends is, has been lifelong friends with his family. So, um, so yeah. Going to be, they're going to establish the run, and then they're also going to probably have some success passing it, uh, like we saw this year for uh, Jake Browning. Jake Browning was not, I think, a better prospect than Will Levis, and Will Levis, you know, we'll see. Not a Will Levis guy, but I think he got a pretty good outcome in terms of his uh, coach coming in. Steve Smith gave the seal of approval for Malachi. Okay, good to know. Which Steve Smith? Uh, <laughs> is it New York Giants Steve Smith, or is it the one that actually does media <laughs> on Underdog? Like it or not, the J.J. McCarthy steam has started. I have seen that. Um, I saw the, who did, I don't know if you guys watched the Fantasy Pro stuff, but I did see that those guys, uh, Derek Brown and Thor, and Joku, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, <laughs> the Thor guy, uh, they were talking about McCarthy and teasing, I guess, what the comp was. Uh, for me, the comp would be, I think Drew Brees is the comp, but I, I think that for Bo Nix too. Guys who like don't force the ball downfield aggressively, but are really efficient underneath and like seem like guys that can run an offense that is kind of complicated. Um, and a lot of like dig routes, a lot of stuff underneath. Those are guys that I think all kind of look the same to me, but McCarthy being 20 years old and being that, you know, that efficient at running an offense in Michigan, he was like, it's funny. He's like, I, I like McCarthy a lot. I think I'm actually a little bit over what the public thinks about him. Um, like if we, like New England were old New England, uh, McCarthy would be the perfect QB for him. He would, he would win them games. He would not fuck things up. He would let the defense do what it has to do. He'd take advantage when he has to. I think McCarthy is not the most fun fantasy QB. He's not going to run. He's not going to get the ball downfield every single play. Like, like Jaden Daniels will, um, and he's not going to be, he's going to have the Mahomes style plays like Caleb Williams will, but like McCarthy's a, he's like a real QB and, and him being 20 and these guys are all 23. It's a pretty big advantage. No bow. All right. Feel like it's the time with no bow. I would say McCarthy over bow though. Bow analytically was the best, was like the best offense runner in college football last year. Like Jaden Daniels is more, um, more electric, gets the ball downfield, more things that I value in a fantasy QB, but Bo Nix in terms of what he did for Oregon, like just efficient everywhere in the field. Uh, but you know, McCarthy, similar things, but again, he's like McCarthy's three or four years younger than Bo Nix. So you're going to get coming up here. Vaporware. Took Jatavian Sanders, took Damian Pierce. So two interesting picks for him. Uh, Ricky Pearsall. We can bring back the Florida AR stack <laughs> with Ricky Pearsall. Um, don't need a fourth QB, the JJ McCarthy. Still going for free. Then he's going to have the hugest upside game to game, though. So I can get why you wouldn't want to draft him. Um, I mean, maybe the Colts take Pearsall as like... Uh, Alec Pierce insurance, knowing that AR fed him pretty well. I really thought that Pearsall was a guy who was propped up by AR forcing the ball downfield. And then he had another good year this year without AR. So Pearsall's had some positives. Uh, not one of my favorite guys in the draft, but 0.473 EPA, not a big target earner, 23.6% target route run rate. Getting targeted downfield, though, he was great. 0.92 EPA on throws to 20 plus air yards. Uh, 0.78 EPA passes sticks, throws to 10 to 20 air yards. Uh, not a red zone target hound, just 0.8 red zone targets per game. But but Pearsall, I think one of those guys, probably better in the 19th or 20th round, but you could take him in drafts. 
Yeah, Pearsall, like that was the thing when I watched as much AR as I did last year. I was like, Pearsall's not bad, but I kind of filed away like these Florida guys were dog shit. And then to see Pearsall again this year make some similar plays, think a little bit less upside. He wasn't getting as wide open as AR got him, I think, because, you know, AR, the ability to run kind of sucks things underneath a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say that for Pearsall. I was surprised to see him do that well this year with a pretty big QB downgrade. Um, you know, that said, I think that Alec Pierce is perfectly, perfectly cromulent at this age as well. Alec Pierce, uh, we'll get an Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, uh, two outs here for potential deep ball guys in Indianapolis. And I think we could take a tight end or a running back, probably a running back here. We'd like to get to seven, but the team so far, Anthony Richardson and Brock Purdy, love of my life. AR back here for Valentine's day. Brock Purdy as well. Uh, Will Levis. Brock Purdy, by the way, could get paid this year. We'll find out. Uh, Devin Singletary, Ty Chandler, Kendra Miller, Bucky Irving, Braylon Allen, Tyler Algier. Running back room leaves a little bit to be desired. I think with this one, we are hoping that Alvin Kamara is a cap casualty, which is a pretty decent probability. Uh, so Kendra Miller, Kendra Miller probably comes up 70 spots if there isn't a replacement back in New Orleans and Kamara gets cut. So I think Kendra Miller kind of undervalued right now in terms of ADPs. Um, liked him a lot last year, had a lot of juice coming in, just didn't get the opportunity to earn the role because of injuries. We've talked about that enough. Uh, Bucky Irving, Braylon Allen, Tyler Algier. I forget if I read all the names. Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Watson, Josh Downs, Ricky Pearsall, and Alec Pierce, a wide receiver. Have a really nice floor at receiver with Jefferson, Ayuk, Debo, DeAndre Hopkins, Watson, if he can be healthy. And then I think some spike week guys here with AR. So I like the logic. And a Kelsey at tight end, just too cheap to me. Uh, Kelsey and Chig. And Chig, hopefully you'll make some strides though. Chig to me, one of those guys that could go either way. If Tennessee brings in another tight end and then Chig kind of gets bumped down, wouldn't be a shocker. Don't think he showed enough last year, but I think Chig is young. Or at least his listed age is young. Um, Chig Oconco, yeah, 24 years old for Chig. So getting in that range for a guy who did not play tight end young in his life that maybe he can break out. Uh, so I'm okay with Oconco. JJ, the Vikings or Falcons is a great fit. I would prefer Jaden Daniels to both, but I agree that he would be a good consolation prize for both. I think Bo Nix would be an okay one. I think Bo Nix in Denver, to me, like that's the most one-to-one. -one. Um, now that we know that he can't go to New Orleans and replace Derek Carr. Sucks AR got hurt. Nobody flew the AR flags like Spags. He was on the crushed season. Oh, yeah, look, I, I'm happy to see him come back. I do think that now it sucks to be getting him where he is. He's priced. I don't think he's priced for his ceiling. Like he's still probably got a little bit of wiggle room there, given the fact that he was the top fantasy point scorer per quarter last year. Um, so the hope would be that he can be QB one this year, but he's like, really, he's now priced for where he should be. I think, um, I guess he could make the case that based on what he did last year, you know, he should probably go ahead of Stroud. I think Mahomes, yeah, he should probably go ahead of Mahomes, honestly, based off the per game production, but Mahomes will always carry a good ADP because of what he represents in the upside. I think Mahomes, though, is kind of past the stage in his career where unless that defense is awful, I just don't think he's going to throw for like 300 plus yards that often. Like if it's a game like Super Bowl, he's going to do it. If it's a normal game where the defense can carry him and that defense can hold and they can keep, you know, keep it at that level moving forward, which will be tough. I just think Mahomes, the value is not going to be there because he's learning now the thing that QBs learn, which is that you don't have to throw for 400 yards. You can just win throwing for 200. And um, I don't know, like Tom Brady learned that pretty well. All right, let's see what we got here. 
So close to zero. Oh, on Shig. Okay. They were talking about ARs. <laughs> Huge on Shig this year. Correct price. Yeah, I agree. The price is a lot better. I think it was really frothy last year. He was really efficient per target the year before last. So I get how that could happen. But um, to me, I just think that he was a little bit overvalued. So we got one more spot left. Running back would be good, but running back is ass right now. Eric Gray could end up the Giants starter potentially if Saquon were to leave. But I think it's a Ben Sinnott spot for me. Ben Sinnott, a guy, again, great great numbers, very good in advanced analytics, but is somebody that has to show the athleticism at the combine. But he's going to have Luke Musgrave size, so I hope he shows the athleticism. Uh, final team here, AR, Brock Purdy, Will Levis at QB, uh, Devin Singletary, Ty Chandler, Kendra Miller, Bucky Irving, Braylon Allen, and Tyler Algier at running back. Definitely too thin at running back for a 20-round draft, but what are we going to do? Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Watson, Josh Downs, Ricky Pearsall, Alec Pierce at wide receiver, at a tight end, Travis Kelsey, Chica Conquo, and Ben Sinnott. That is our team for the day here, team number 12 for me. Guys, I really do hope if you have a loved one in your life, hope you have a fantastic Valentine's Day. If you don't, hope you just have a good Wednesday. Don't feel bad about it. Just enjoy yourself today. Have some fun with it. Guys, please do smash that like button before you go as well. I should probably pull up the GIF because that helps. Smash that like button. Subscribe as well. Again, Splash Play. If you watch this entire video, if you're watching now, you're the kind of person I want here. You're willing to take contrarian takes. You're willing to hear about guys that maybe you like and willing to his listen to different opinions. That's what we do here on Splash Play. I'm very willing to do it. Just got to give me more about what you believe what you do. I think that's really it. Uh, but appreciate all of you guys being here. Smash that like button. Help us fight the negative bullshit on YouTube. People have too much free time on their hands, but I'm going to be here every day using my free time to talk about fantasy football. Underdog, promo code splash will double your deposit to 100 bucks, get you mystery pickups. So if you're not signed up on there, do that right now. Stochastic, a great tool, a bunch of great tools and data to use for yourself as well. If you're playing DFS, I would use their data for anything. I would swear by the Sims tools and they have more and more Sims now. I think they have NASCAR and MLB coming up next in addition to PGA. And I know I'll be putting in lines for PGA again because it's just easy money using the Sims tools. Uh, between us, not enough people use the Sims tools for PGA, for MMA, for, uh, I'm sure for NASCAR, not gonna be enough as well. So you actually have a pretty good advantage Throw in some 20 maxes to win some money off of that. So that's what I would recommend for Stochastic if you wanted some added value some yourself, as well as help us get some money in for the channel. And of course, probably is my personal baby. Again, really great data that we have in there. It's working really well. I felt like I sounded like Trump with that one. Really great data. It's going to help you win a lot. But check it out for yourself, probably.com. Seven-day free trial. If you search probably on the App Store, uh, that's the best way to get in if you don't want to spend a single dollar. And if you want to support the show, support Splash Play, support probably support Spags Enterprises, uh, use the promo code SPLASH and get 50% off on any monthly or yearly package. That means getting all of our data for under 100 bucks for a year. So uh, some people take advantage of that lately, and hopefully we'll have more of you guys do that. Shouts to the Squirt Squad. I have to update with the new names, but I know we have a couple of new people in as well. So let me give them their kudos here. Thomas and Jonathan, I didn't get you on the sheet yet, but I will do it for tomorrow. So thank you guys, all you fine folks helping us do this every day. Uh, $5 a month, support the show, hitting that join button down below. And of course, the reading of names here will go off on Friday, but Thomas and uh, Jonathan, I fucked over by not <laughs> by not updating the graphic today. I appreciate all you guys being here with me, uh, really and truly from the bottom of my heart as always. So let's do it again tomorrow, same time. See you guys then. Enjoy your days. And of course, the buck. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. What? <music>